0: me to borrow the car and he got it shot up now I know that this bitch man he said he called him my am on you huffin' and puffin' cause they had your bitch stuck and rockin' and with it, cheesy and petting the shoes, that nigga with dick suck dick suckin' ass Fucking jam, baby. What's good? That was Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib with Crime Pace off of that new Bandana album. If you haven't heard this shit, you are asleep. Wake the fuck up, bump that shit pronto, cousin. My goodness, oh Mad Lib cooked up another one. My goodness. Shout out to Freddie Gibbs, he did his, dang, he murked this shit too. Oh man, probably one of my favorite projects I've heard in a minute, 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 But let's get right to it, man. This is episode number 56 56 of the Puro Caballero Show with your host, the Menudo Mogo. aka Tree Trevino himself. Mario Caballero, in the place to be, courting live. How you doing? It's been a few weeks, and a lot of crazy shit has happened, man. This has to be, like, craziest summer in a minute. If you're following what's going on in the sport of basketball, we'll be getting into that in a second. But my fucking goodness. A couple other things I gotta get out of the way first. Um, yeah, shout out to the homie Rich. And Austin, they hooked it up. I was able to do my first book set at uh, uh, their first free of the month show, so for free first of the month show, something like that. Uh, yeah, they let me DJ a little bit, of filling in for the homie VJ, and they let me uh, run a little bit of uh, a little bit of my set too, which was nice. Got to record it. Definitely nervous. I could tell. And I was taking some pointers. I definitely f- fucked up some lines. Messed up my story. So what happens when you get nervous. You just start... I don't know. I had most of it down. But my setup's got to be better. And, yeah. Maybe make the jokes more relatable. <laughs> Every time it's a mixed crowd of people, I have a pretty good chance of, like, killing it. But this was, like... I don't know why. It just happened to be so. It was a... Uh, mostly white audience, which I think is a little different vibe. I don't know, maybe this joke, particular joke, this story that I was telling, it had a lot of references to like freaking Spanish and shit. People didn't really get, but anyway, anyway, like I was making a lot of Mexican jokes and shit, which I usually probably probably be my bread and butter. That's yes. talk about what you know, right? Talk about what the fuck you know. Oh man, so that was cool, first ever book show I put that one on the books um, Posted a little clip on uh, My Instagram I think I'm going have one more little clip That I'm gonna post from it And the rest, it's like, eh Whatever, at that point So that was pretty cool, that was a couple weeks ago On the first Free first of the month show That's what it is Yeah, I looked them up um, They're pretty fucking dope Yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was a cool little show Shout out to to Quincy Got to talk to him afterwards Quincy Jones, comedian um, Just working on some shit He was just uh, trying to go in on the crowd And man, he he was going in on some friends of mine That shit was funny as fuck, dude That shit was really fucking hilarious My homie will forever be known as Fish now <laughs> Oh man Yeah, cause I had a couple people invited to Came through Saw the set Had a good time, had a few beers Did our thing Yeah man, so Just been Uh, haven't had the chance to go Do more, more, uh, run my sets Uh, recently around town So that's gonna be on my to-do list for the next Couple weeks Um, but Yeah, I don't know, a lot of other things Going on in my personal life that I've been kind of trying to deal with Take care of Um And hammer that shit out before I can get back to that. So it's a small step, small process. And I don't know, kinda of some other things have been taking precedent over doing the comedy recently in the last week, last week in particular. Slash I've been getting a little um i call it? Uh I'm kinda I don't know, lazy. No, that's not the word I was looking for. But yeah, I guess you get it. I've just been slacking a little bit. I've been making that less of a priority. When I need to, I don't need to keep going up and doing shit. So I always told myself before the, before the beginning of the year I was going to do 50 mics um, by the end of 2019. And I'm already on pace or something, but I think I've started to fall off pace. Because it was like, alright, if I hit 25 by the end of June, that's halfway. And I got 26 plus that bookshelf was the first. So, yeah. Yeah, starting to fall behind. It's just like a couple week, which I can I can bang out like eight in a week. If, you're, if you really hustle. Especially on the weekends. Drive around. There's a couple earlier ones on like Saturdays and Sundays. But I'm not gonna get a chance to this weekend. My family's gonna be in town. My little brother's got a school orientation going out to Fullerton. He's gonna be out, um, uh, what called? Um, doing that on Monday. But my family comes in on Saturday, so we'll see what they're up to. They happen to come down in LA when it's like the hottest heat wave of the year so far. So that'll be interesting. It's gonna be a it's supposed to be a scorcher in the next few days. High eighties. like 88, 89, but at least, at least from LA proper, I don't know how it's gonna be out in Fullerton, though, see, it might be, might be warmer, might not, I was looking at some of the forecasts at the gym yesterday, what, like, the TVs, I was like, oh my goodness, some places, I think in, like, the desert, it was, like, supposed to be, like, 110 or something, 106, something crazy, so, yeah, if you're listening to this in Southern California, definitely get some sunscreen, some water, and uh, stay out the sun. Get in the shade, man. Get in the shade. So, speaking of the weather and other shit that's been going on. There were some earthquakes that happened out here in the Nevada, Southern California kind of region. Big, big suckers too, man. There were some, some fat ones. There was a... The, six point something six point six i want to say uh last friday and then last on the next day saturday there was like a 7.1 and i could feel both of them i was just happened to be in my apartment both times the first one i was just uh i think i was like sleeping in i was just in bed and rolled over and I was looking at my bookcase, book, bookshelf, and my bobblehead started moving. My Charles Barkley bobblehead started moving his head. And I was like, oh, shit, what's going on? And I could feel my bed kind of swaying a little bit because we we're up on the second floor. And I looked up at my fan that was running above me, and it started really moving back and side, side to side. So I, uh, or no, I don't think I was just sitting here on my couch. And I looked up, and I went and jumped into the into my bed in case the fan fell down. So I could, like, dodge it, get into the corner of my room. So, yeah, that happened, and then apparently that was what they call, like, a pre-tremor or something. That's, uh, like, a precursor to a larger uh, quake that might happen. So that's what happened the following day, which was bigger. And I could see... Charles shaking for his life, man, moving his head back and forth, going crazy. you like, that earthquake was felt in Vegas and L.A. That shit was ginormous, man. They canceled uh, NBA Summer League. They postponed it that day because there was the the jumbotron and and every all the the speakers and everything were swaying from the in the building, so they just evacuated everyone, which is like kind of nuts. I'm just uh, thankful and blessed that it wasn't closer to, I guess, LA proper or to, or that more people didn't get seriously injured. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Because that's like a legit reality living here in California. I mean, uh, I know a good amount of people who are older than me and live through those earthquakes that happened in or even just, not not even that older, but in the ones in Northridge were down here. And then there was also uh, earthquakes up in uh, the bay that messed up the, the World Series that one year. Battle of the Bay. That was uh, a very devastating one. So you just, I'm very thankful that it wasn't anything too serious from, from the reports that I read. i saw some of the fault lines and some of the cracks and it's pretty damn crazy man the earth just kind of moves that way and does its thing or just kind of at its mercy at its whim in in kind of that regard but just got to learn how to keep it moving survive and advance baby survive and advance all right should we just get right into it man Let's fucking do this, man! NBA off seasons, probably partially one of the reasons why I've been putting off recording another episode because we're trying to wait to kind of see how a lot of the dominoes and the pieces have fallen. Because this shit is fucking crazy, dude! Like all like sixty percent of all the All Stars from like two years ago have like tra- switch teams, man. It's that insane. So many players have like moved on. So many players, like the landscape of the NBA is like so different than it was a couple months ago. A lot of surprising moves, some that we kind of had seen already that were possibilities and some that kind of came up out of nowhere. So I guess, should we just get right into it, man? I mean, following the NBA Finals, you had the two best players on each team uh, going into them to the offseason as free agents, and it's like that hardly ever. Ever happens. Ever. Well, the first domino to fall was Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. How about that? That's what's pretty crazy. And also, Lakers getting Anthony Davis. So that's two teams with two All Stars right there. Boom, 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 boom. Real, real potent. So, I mean, for Kyrie. And uh, KD, they, they apparently were, were talking amongst the, themselves. And I think they hadn't settled on which team they were trying to go to because I think they were um, also looking at the Knicks, possibly. But I think New, New York just screwed the pooch so much that they ended up just switching gears, going to Brooklyn instead. The Big Tail. Of that this move was going to happen, at least in the off season, that we saw was Kyrie switched his agent to uh, Rock Nation representative, and Rock Nation has ties to the Nets, and which are currently owned by this uh, this dude who owns Alibaba, I guess. Is it Prokhorov who sold the team a few years back? And they kind of sold him on the whole China market, making money that way, and all that stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Katie okay, switching numbers from thirty-five to seven. And Kyrie still rocking 11. So that led to another ripple effect of D'Angelo Russell getting moved. So with Katie deciding to go into Brooklyn, Kyrie also there, it was a kind of a crazy move. D'Angelo Russell ends up getting traded to the Warriors. So it's a sign-and-trade for um, Durant and D'Lo, pretty much. Because uh, Russell was a... Um, restricted free agent so they could have matched any offer if they so true cho- chose to which they weren't really in the market to after they got Kyrie, those two dudes play the same position they play the same style so no need to duplicate that so they gave him up and i think the warriors um also gave up like a pick and I got some like a couple other dudes that got moved directly after that trade so it was just like a lot of winning and dealing so, yeah, pretty fucking crazy. So D'Angelo Russell now is going to play off guard next to Steph Curry as Klay Thompson rehabs his way back onto the team. So there's a lot of rumors that they might try to, after Klay comes back at some point, that they might not necessarily need Russell and they might try to move on from him or, or flipping for something else. Which... You know, at the time, it might be a good idea, but I think it's a little too short-sighted. Kind of where we're standing right now. Even if Clay is back, he still might not be a hundred percent. You're still gonna need some scoring load to be taken off of Steph. With a team that got like a lot older, Draymond still not a scoring option really. Livingston gone. They let go or they traded Iguodala Iggy's technically still on the Grizzlies. He's the property of, the, of Memphis at the moment, but there's teams that are vying to try to trade with Memphis, or wait to see if he's going to get cut or um, bought out, and then they could sign him outright. There's a lot of contenders that have been rumored to to seek his services. So so Iggy's gone. It's kind of a a crazy move, a crazy pivot for the Warriors to be able to pull that off. Because regar- if uh, Durant had left, there wasn't really, or with Durant leaving, I should say, there, is, there isn't really a, um, another maneuver, another method for the Warriors to get better or to remain consistent, right, or to improve their roster uh, outside of the draft, which, you know, since they've been good, they're not really drafting at a high number. And they don't really have too many other trade assets to give up. The team's uh, has some players that are going to be coming up. They're going to be due some new contracts. I mean, Clay just re-signed basically for the Max to go back to the Warriors, which he deserves. Steph's going to probably sign at Max contract some point soon. And then Draymond comes up as well. So you're going to have to pay those guys. That's probably partially one of the reasons why Durant had to, you know, or Nah, I mean, they technically still could have paid the luxury tax, but it's an expensive team, and it's, like, hard to to maneuver and pick up new pieces uh, without kind of that flexibility in the cap. So for them to be able to pull this trade off and fit him in under the cap or under the rules and regulations for how you acquire players, I don't even fucking know what I'm saying. Anyway, they maneuvered, and they are able to get him, and so I think that's... Uh, a hat tip to Bob Meyer. Even if it's not a perfect fit, they still could uh try to make things work otherwise. Which I think it might be. It might be a pretty good idea. Clay's big enough to play the three. You can put the problem isn't gonna be on defense because Steph and D'Angelo teams are just gonna attack all day, every day. It's gonna go right to the paint. I'm trying to gonna try to go through them, try to overpower them. But on offense, you know, they could it could stay relevant. We'll see where the Warriors kind of, you know, keep things... Uh, see if they can keep keep themselves in the playoff hunt until Clay gets back. Because this West is going to be freaking ridiculous. So, yeah, man. Another ripple effect with Kyrie going over to Brooklyn is that the Celtics had a void in the uh, point guard position. So, what did they do? They went out and got Campbell Walker. Uh, for... Pretty fat contract, so they kind of plug and played Kemba for Kyrie. And honest to God, it might not be the worst move uh, that the team could have made. I think Kemba is an emotional, uh, huge emotional upgrade over Kyrie because Kyrie was just all over the place and couldn't connect with anyone. I think Kemba's more of a uh, true and true, true and out professional. He's gotta been through the shit and he knows how to put up with, with stuff. I mean, the dude was leading a team that was going nowhere for what 8 years now since he came out of uh Yukon. So Campbell Walker moving on over to Boston. I think it's a good move for him. He's a he's a, a northeast kind of guy so it's not it's not nothing for him to live in a cold market city which isn't always the case for every player. So he was uh Willing to sign there, and I think they sold him on him leading the show and kind of trying to bring the best out of uh, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. Because with those three guys plus um, Gordon Hayward, they still got a core, they still got a nucleus moving forward. And notice how I didn't say Al Horford because Big Al is no longer with the C's, he decided to opt out of his contract and move on, he signed a deal to go to Philadelphia to play with the 76ers, which is going to be a very interesting fit for that team, because he's going to be slotted next to Embiid, most likely, could slide back to the 5-1 B's off the floor, or fill in at the 5 and Embiid if Embiid misses a game or two here and there, or if they're just resting him, which might be a smarter move nowadays, especially after seeing what... Kawhi Leonard did leading his team all the way, having enough juice at the end. Yeah, man, that's gonna be a very, very interesting one. They're gonna play a little bit of bully ball, going to play a little inside outside game with both Embiid outside or Al outside, a little inside outside. It's gonna be intriguing to see how Ben Simmons does because this dude's still not willing to shoot, and it's it could hamper a team, man. Could kill the. Ooh, excuse me. So who who knows how that's gonna play out? Philly, they have a new roster. JJ Redick moved on. He signed out uh, with the Pelicans. Go play with Zion and Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, and the rest out there in New Orleans and play with Zion. And who else? Oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler decided to move on. He decided to go to Miami, so they worked out a trade where Josh Richardson came back and Miami got Butler. So now the projected lineup is Josh Richardson. Oh, also they re-signed Tobias Harris to a fat deal. So that's an expensive roster now, too. So now you got Tobias, Richardson... Um, ben Simmons, Horford, and Embiid, and that's a big, big unit, man. Very big. Smallest dude's like six five on there, with the uh, Richardson. He's not bad. He's not a bad player. I think they have also brought back James Ennis. So he's, a, he's a solid contributor, role player. So Philly looks to step up there. Uh, their pursuit of uh uh making the NBA finals. Three bounces away pretty much. And I was with Embiid kinda lumbering, had some injuries, still almost got it done. So no Jimmy Butler though, but they brought back Harris, which might be might not be the best uh the worst option uh for that team. So the East has uh, been shaken up quite a bit now. I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a different looking roster now, too. One of their better players, Malcolm Brogdon, ended up moving on to go play for the Pacers. And I think that's going to be a big move for Indy because he's a very good two way player. And that whole team has a lot of good two-way players on it oh, Depot gets back they'll be solid they'll be real solid also they re-signed Brook Lopez and got his brother Robin so we're going to see the Lopez twins out there in Milwaukee just causing havoc and yeah you got to feel bad for Bongo their, uh, their mascot because they're going to be toying and messing with him all season long that's going to be some uh, some jokes right there Oh, boy. So, yeah. Milwaukee, we'll see how they do. We'll see, if, They do have some continuity, but we'll see if Giannis has enough firepower around him to kind of get it done. So, that's pretty much all to speak of on the East. Except for one last move, which took forever in the day to kind of get together. And that was Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers not by himself but alongside Paul George two Southern California dudes coming to play in Staples not for the Lakers when everyone and their mom these last two off seasons thought for sure they're coming to play with LeBron both guys damn One dude from Fresno. Or no. I'm trying to think. One dude went to Fresno. One dude went to San Diego State. I think Riverside and Palmdale are where they're from. Not LA proper. That's like the outs, outs, the boonies types, the outs, outskirts of LA. Still SoCal. Apparently, apparently Paul George actually... Grew up a Clipper fan. Funny enough. Rooting probably for Darius Miles. Maybe Elton Brand. You know. Quentin Richardson. Back in the day. Had a couple young dudes. that were pretty interesting, but they never ever, ever were able to win. But now, oof. Boy, oh boy. Look at that roster. So Kawhi Leonard spurns the Raptors. Still, arguably, the greatest Raptor of all time. I would say I'll put him there number one. Vince never bought him a chip. So he was one for one. So Masai, you you hear Like, I'd still say that that trade's a win. You you play to win the game, to get championships. And even if it's a one-year run, you do it. Freaking do it! So it's like uh, Kawhi Leonard is like the best hired gun of all time. One for one. Pretty ridiculous, man. So Kawhi moving out west. Gonna play pay a very high tax percentage living out here in Southern California. But he's home, or as close to home as you can get. This is gonna be his and now franchise. And he's got a, a killer Robin next to him, man. This is Paul George, a dude who like finishes top three in MVP votes for the last couple seasons uh, a few times. I think he finished second when he was in Indy. Second or third. A legit, a legit MVP contender every year. He's that good. You got two of the best two-way players of this era, man. Of this, of this generation of talent. On the same roster, man. And the Clippers re-signed Pat Beverly, so it's like, talk about frustration. They still have Montrez Harrell as well. He is a menace and a half on the court, man. That dude plays with a crazy motor. So with those four dudes on any lineup, and you're like, holy shit. What do we do out here? They still have Lou Williams as well, probably still coming off the bench. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what the fuck I'm trying to remember. Put a picture in my head what the rest of their roster looks like. Because they gave up Shay Gilgis, Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and five. Count them, five first round picks. five of them to the Thunder just to get Paul George five of them that's a shit ton man I think they have a a couple pick swaps it's like whew boy it's ridiculous man it's ridiculous they still they picked up uh, Mo Harkless as well Still have Landry Shamit, And still have Avicis Zubac for center position. That's a pretty damn good lineup, man. I don't know what what you guys think. That's a lineup that can contend right away. Congrats to the Clippers. They still are the best team in L.A. It's been like five years now, and it's still going. Oh, man. Probably maybe even more. Maybe like six or seven. And I love it, man. I love it. I'm so happy. Because there was... Kawhi took about like... He took past the 4th of July... Or past Cannon today. Past the 4th of July. All the way into the next week for him to make that decision. And then just dropped a bomb on us. When it was uh, reported that PG was also going. Because the whole idea of him is he wanted to team up with somebody and it was looking like the Lakers were the best choice because the Clippers had struck out on a lot of these free agents that uh, they were trying to entice. But little did we know that Kawhi and Paul George were orchestrating this uh, massive trade from Oklahoma City to the Clippers, and there's a lot of ramifications for both teams, man. That's, That's a huge, huge move, huge decision on both teams' part. Clippers pushing all their chips into the the middle of the table and saying, we're going for it. Because without Paul George, you don't get Kawhi Leonard. It's kind of like when the Celtics got Ray Allen, then they got Kevin Garnett. So when the Lakers got Anthony Davis and they were just lingering, they were taking meetings with Kawhi, they were doing everything they thought they could, there was a a growing optimism on their part that they were going to be able to sign him. And then, bam, bombshell, son. Woj mom on your ass. Fucking crazy, man. So what it do, baby? Coming down to Staples next season. He can roll all the blunts he wants to. Down here, ain't got no problem. We ain't got no problems. Oh, man. That's going to be a crazy switchable lineup. Don't sleep on Shamit or Harkless. Hawks had good moments for um Portland in the playoffs this year. And we'll see what he could do. Man, Paul George and Kawhi on the same team. But yeah, big ramifications for the um the Thunder as well, like I was saying. Because apparently the whole thought behind the organization was we're in the luxury tax, we're paying money up the ass for a team with Westbrook and a team around George and some other role players that, quite frankly, is just not getting it done. Not even contending for titles, because that's what you you, you you ask for. Like, getting to the first round and then just getting, uh, you know, bowing out after that. Just getting knocked out kind of early. <laughs> I think it was three years in a row they get lost in the first round with the Westbrook-led team after KD left, and organizations like kind of cheapskates in that sense is that they don't want to pay that luxury tax if they don't if they can avoid it, and so they're pushing the reset button, letting Paul George go, getting a massive Hall of picks. I think a historical Hall of picks. People were saying that the Anthony Davis trade was like the largest trade ever made for one asset. This one might have topped it. We might have set NBA records within like two weeks of each other. Pretty damn ridiculous. Two or three weeks, I think it was. So that means the Thunder kind of knocked down a tear when they traded Paul George. Immediately after that happened, there was rumblings that Westbrook was thinking of of uh, talking to the team to get moved. Immediately, there was that rumbling, and as soon as that happened, I wanted to get on this mic. As soon as the Paul George Kawhi thing, I wanted to get on this mic. But I saw the Westbrook domino, and I'm like, hmm, should maybe hold off a second because this feels like there's going to be something else on the move, on the horizon, which is crazy because. Back in the day, when you would see and hear these rumors, it would just be that. But, and then every once in a while, it would come true. At least from when I used to pay attention. Nowadays, it's like there's actually some, some fire, some smoke and fire there, and teams are just willing to just make decisions and won't nip shit in the butt. Or, I don't know. It's like the player empowerment era. So there's just the players are just saying fuck it and just doing whatever they want to, to a certain degree. It's pretty damn crazy, man. It's pretty crazy. These, these players are just like picking up and moving town and orchestrating trades themselves. I mean, they're becoming their own GMs and shit. Pretty ridiculous, man. Pretty ridiculous. We So yeah, man. With Westbrook on the block, there was a lot of consideration that he maybe he goes to Miami to team up with Jimmy Butler. Maybe trade him to the Knicks, Minnesota, go play with Carl Anthony Towns, but no. Guess where this motherfucker ends up. Goddamn Houston to go play with the Beard once again on the Rockets. Now, holy shit. He got traded for Chris Paul and I think uh, another like two picks. Westbrook's contract is pretty fucking ridiculous, right? I think the only one that might be more or equally as ridiculous is Chris Paul's, just for, like, the production you're getting and what's going on, because Westbrook's going to be owed, like, 40-some-odd million dollars, and he's still a flawed player that hasn't, like, changed his style of game uh, in the last few seasons, even as evidence is mounted that, like, the way he plays consistently, sometimes it falters from time to time. With uh, still having a lack of jump shot, still just like kind of not being reckless, but just super ultra aggressive mode all the time. And the way he is ball dominant and without the ball in his hand, he's just it's kind of like standing around, which is kind of what Harden does now, too. So it's kind of crazy to see them both on the same team together. Once again, and just like that, the last remaining pillar of the OG Thunder franchise, that core group of players, KD, Harden, Russ, Ibaka, those four guys, they're all gone. They're all on other teams now. And the Thunder are looking around at the rubble, with some tools now to rebuild, but now they got to get back to the mountaintop, man. They gotta, they gotta find their next dudes somewhere in the draft in the next few years. So they, I think they also traded Jeremy Grant to Portland for a first rounder. So they got five from uh, the Clippers. They got two from Houston. They got one. From Portland. They picked up eight first-round picks this offseason. Just to shed uh, salary. So I guess the other factor, too, is Westbrook's got four more years on his contract. Chris Paul only has three. So technically one less. But Chris Paul's contract's still orny as fuck, too. So now there's rumor that the Thunder might be trying to flip Chris Paul, potentially. Although there's a chance that they might try to hold on to him for a little bit. Because he... He did well when he played in New Orleans, or when New Orleans had Hurricane Katrina, he played in Oklahoma City because the franchise had to move for a second. And when he was still with the Hornets, when the Hornets were still in New Orleans versus Charlotte, and that whole craziness. Anyway, before, before the became Pelicans, all that shit. Anyway. So he was playing there for a little bit and he was like ingratiate himself with the local community and he was uh it was a guy they would root for. So I guess that's some some of the logic behind that move. But the Thunder just wanted to get off of this uh this situation that they were currently in and they wanted to to hit reset. They hit that massive reset button. And they're gonna get a chance to we'll see how they can pick, see if Sam Presti can get the job done and build another contender, man. I think if you've got to look at that Thunder franchise in terms of opportunities lost, that's, that's it right there. When they made the 2012 Finals, you thought, okay, this is like the first of, of uh, maybe a few to come. But contention in the NBA is so fleeting. It's like the one thing we can you know, see time and time again. When you have a chance to go for it, you might as well go for it. Because you never know when that chance is going to come up again. It might come up the next season. It might come up the season after. But it might not. It might not come till 20 seasons later when you have a completely different team. So I appreciate everything you got in the moment. Just kind of message for the summer, I guess. The last couple shows. Man, craziest, craziest summer of all time. So like the West is ridiculous too. And I guess rounding out the West too, I mean... I mean, for the Lakers, they picked up DeMarcus Cousins. So that's going to be a crazy roster. They re-signed Rondo. I think they uh, re-signed JaVale. I think Lance might be coming back. Oh, no. They signed Danny Green, excuse me, not Lance. They signed... uh, uh, Who else? Oh, uh, Avery Bradley. And still have Contavious Caldwell Pope on the team. So, the roster for the, the Lakers, we'll see how they do it. See if Boogie starts, see if it comes off the bench, see if uh, which guards they decide to start. There's rumors that LeBron technically will be playing point guard, which means he's not going to be guarding point guards. It just means he's going to be bring the ball up the court. But that means you're going to have to have a two guard guard the one and, a, and a, another forward guard the two or something like that. There's got to be some other configuration. So we'll see how they uh, tinker with the lineup. They'll probably finish with a lot of units where it's like that. Get some shooters around LeBron. That I've seen before. But Boogie can he can run well with that second unit, you think? So Boogie and the Brow they get to reunite again after two after uh, they played one one season in New Orleans, year and a half, something like that. Yeah. Man, a lot of movement. A lot of movement in the NBA. A lot of players got uh, shaken up and moved elsewhere. Trying to think what else happened. So if you're looking in the West, there's a lot of contenders now. Clippers, probably going to make the playoffs. Lakers, probably going to make the playoffs. Houston now, I still think they're making the playoffs. They got Eric Gordon, Russ, James Harden, Capella. Can fill out the rest of the roster. Trying to think, Uh, Tucker, PJ Tucker. So those are three teams right there. Denver, still a very good squad, very solid. I think they're still going to be there. That's four teams right there. Portland, they're going to have Nurkic healthy you'd think. That's gonna be a team. That's still that's still sticking around. Utah got better. They picked up Conley. They got some weapons there. I'm trying to remember where Bogdanovich end up. Boyan Bogdanovich Uh uh yeah, Bogdanovich, he also went to Utah as well. He's a, a crafty, crafty player on offense, leaving Indiana. So Utah is an improved team. That's six teams right there. I'm trying to think who else. San Antonio lingering. Pelicans lingering. Mavericks lingering. I'm going to say Sacramento lingering. San Antonio still lingering. Oklahoma City. Sorry. I don't think it's your time now. Golden State still lingering. My goodness, I didn't even list the Warriors on there. So I think the Warriors out of those teams will probably be like a a six or seven, maybe five. I don't know. Depends on how much Russell... Can match with the rest of the team They picked up Willie Collinstein also as well So we'll see how he does for the Warriors Maybe he could be a good Athletic piece for them in the middle If he has that uh, Attitude to actually hustle He took a lot of uh, possessions off man, And used in Sacramento His Mentally wasn't there defensively Just like coming in and out Wavering Oh boy that's going to be a loaded fucking Western Conference right there. Talk about a gauntlet. My hometown Sacramento Kings are going to have their goddamn hands full of competing with this, these teams this season. It's going to be a shit show, man. So crazy. And I think the Kings actually got better too themselves. They let Willie Colley Stein walk. They picked up Dwayne Deadman, who's a seven-footer, pretty athletic, can shoot block some shots it's a pretty rare combination could help space the floor a little bit make sure De'Aaron Fox can get right to the rim buddy get some open looks too all that jazz they re-signed Harrison Barnes to a big number a lot of people are like that's an overpay I agree but I also think it's not a bad decision because Sacramento it's, it's tough to bring talent in that's not homegrown it's very, very difficult to do so. So you have that piece. Oh, they picked up Rashawn Holmes. He was a backup center for the Suns. Actually put up good numbers when he was out there. Typically, you wouldn't see a player get a lot of minutes after a number one draft pick is at your position. So can't really blame him for not getting a lot of playing time, per se, when the Suns organization's whole intent is to develop the younger dudes, the more highly touted guys. So... I don't blame him for that, but he actually put up good numbers when he was out there, and I saw some good stretches from him. So he's going to be another uh, big man in that rotation, which I think is an upgrade. I think defensively they needed a a few upgrades, and I think they got it there. And they also signed Corey Joseph as like a backup point guard role. And I want to say thank you to Frank Mason. He just got released recently. I'm rooting for you. He's a a bit of a bulldog as a point guard And hopefully he can continue to to improve And can stick around the league, man Because I I liked him I liked his attitude Tough on defense So Corey Joseph, though I think he's an improvement on that Very solid player He's been around the league Played with some teams like the Spurs Raptors Last year he played at the Indy I think he could be a solid solid impact player off the bench to uh, spell spell De'Aaron a little bit. Mm-mm. So, yeah, man. Oh, he also signed Trevor Ariza or the corpse of Trevor Ariza. We'll see how much he's got left in the tank. I'm rooting for him, man. I think he can just step up and hit some threes. Cause he hasn't been in a uh, situation where he's really necessitated him to bust his ass in a few seasons. Cause he was in after leaving Houston in that playoff run two seasons ago he ended up in in uh Phoenix and they traded him to the Wizards so both teams are pretty boo boo we'll see where that happens so yeah kind of crazy kind of crazy so i do think the kings are a better team but like the whole fucking west just like rose up Except for the Warriors. The only team that I think has slid down. Them and OKC. So it's going to be a gauntlet, man. I really, 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 really want the Kings to make the playoffs so bad. I don't care if they get swept in the first round 4-0. I just want to see them in that bitch, man. They got to make the tournament. some point in my lifetime, this is like it's killing me, man. It's killing me. Ugh. Freaking sucks, man. Mm. Seeing where the team was and seeing where they're at now, it's just like, God damn. And for so long, so long, they have like the record now for most years out of the playoffs, which is crazy. Like, active streak. Pretty out there, man. Pretty fucking out there. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. What can I say? This NBA season is going to be one for the books, man. It's the one year where it is the most wide open that I've seen in a long time. In a long time. Maybe since before Bron came to dominance. Maybe like oh six, oh seven. Before the Celtics put their team together, there hasn't been like a a season where there's, I mean, you pick a favorite, man. Some people think the Lakers, some people think the Clippers, you know, some people think Philly now has a path, some people think Giannis and the Bucks. now that uh, Kawhi's out of the picture, don't know what Houston's doing. It's like, could that work good? Could that work horrible? We don't know. Denver's a sleeper. A lot of people are talking about Utah's a sleeper. Which they're good, but I don't know if they're that good. Can they make the Western Conference Finals? Yeah. But can they get there? I don't know. I don't know. Conley will be big for them, though. It's good to see him on another contender. So just the merry-go-round and the carousel just continues, man. This NBA year is crazy. I've been like spent like forty minutes talking about it. And we there's like no games being played. Ooh, boy, 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 boy. This is almost more exciting than like the actual season itself. Is just seeing where these guys go. Mm mm mm. All right, let's get into some other shit because it's a kind of a nice day. I want to get this out there. I wanted to go to the to the beach, but I think I'm not gonna have time now. Damn. <laughs> All right, let's let's switch gears to uh, the world of football. A lot of soccer being played around the world. We'll start with the Women's World Cup. What's going on in France? Congratulations to Team USA. Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, uh, Lavelle. Forget your first name. Crystal Dunn. That whole squad they played amazing I had to see a few of their matches they uh they did the damn thing and there were some good opponents along the way I think France was probably one of the toughest teams I got to see them play a couple times they had some some fun players to watch Brazil of course always always up there they had the Dutch side and the English on the other end of the bracket And, yeah, it was the English who ended up getting demolished. They got some uh, celebrations, had to sip some tea, all that jazz. And congrats to the Women's World Cup team. The big talk now is for their equal pay since they won the Women's World Cup for the fourth time since its inception. And the men's team still looking for the first. So, yeah, man. I... I think they deserve raises for sure, for sure, man. they... The the women's game is is so big and so popular in America. I think that's mostly because the men's game gets taken up by the world of of American football and that kind of talent and interest. Where that doesn't quite exist for the women's... uh, For the girls growing up, so... Take more soccer. That's just natural. It's just been like the progression over the years. So, not a lot of countries are willing to put that investment and that development into the women's games. So, as Americans, we kind of benefit from that. AYSO, you soccer leagues and all that jazz. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Oh man, so yeah, Women's World Cup. We also had uh, two tournaments going over here in the Americas. Uh, we had the Copa America down south and the Gold Cup up north. We'll go over the Copa America first. It was uh, kind of a start and stop tournament. There was a lot of complaints about the 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 fields, the pitches out there in Brazil, which was hosting the tournament. It was hard to get a lot of continuity and some flow. It was, and the Copa America tends to be a very rough and tumble tournament because, like, the way they play football in some of these uh, South Latin American, uh, South American countries, it's like, it's freaking rough, man. They don't be carding nobody, and these dudes be like taking each other out uh, from time to time. Uh, I saw some some heated, very heated moments between these countries. They do not like each other. <laughs> they get into it. It's pretty uh exciting for that aspect of it. I think the, the Colombia and Chile match, oh my god, that was intense as fuck. These dudes were taking each other out like left and right. Like every other play. Anytime there's a ball in the air it's like two dudes are getting knocked to the floor. So like freaking intense. Oh man. But in terms of like the standard of soccer being played out there, it was it, there was stretches of time where it was not a lot of action going on. It was the uh, the stuff between the lines that kind of um, was like the more entertaining aspects of it. Not a lot of scoring. Some of it was defensive. Just like like I said, rough and tumble. A lot of fouls and stuff like that. They they did their thing. So Brazil was the the favorite going in. And he had some other teams that were pretty tough. Argentina, as always, with Leo Messi and that crew. Uh, Colombia had a had a pretty roster Chile has some players that everyone knows but the upstart Peruvian national team though they really did their thing got some results able to knock some teams out and got all the way to the finals man so they ended up to Brazil and Peru in the final um, well Brazil they were they had some nervous moments I think they went to what what they do they beat they beat Argentina like 2 nothing. Now I'm getting the tournaments confused. There's still a lot of soccer going on the last couple of weeks. Man, so yeah. Remember, Chile beat Colombia. I thought that was a pretty good upset. And then Chile lost to Peru. Which was an even bigger upset, in my opinion. And then... Brazil beat Argentina in the semis. And then it was... Yeah, like I said, Peru and Brazil. And. Who who scored the opening goal? Was it Everton? Was that the one where. They had the pass over the top that started off the the play being. Uh, developing on the right flank? I can't remember who. It wasn't Firmino. Oh, it was Coutinho. I think, oh, no, no. Jesus? No, it was Coutinho had like a crazy. Juke move, send over a cross over the top, and Everton slotted it home. That was like the first goal in the first half. I think it was like thirty, about thirty, thirty-five minutes. And then Peru got a a, a penalty, and they put one away to tie things up with about like forty minutes, forty minutes into it. Not like two minutes later, right before half, they uh, Brazil gets out on the break and. Jesus Gabriel Jesus gets a gets a goal himself. Puts it up two one, heading into halftime. Halftime comes. Jesus gets himself some red, uh, two yellows. He had a yellow in the first. Gets himself a second yellow with about like thirty twenty minutes left in the match. So he gets subbed out, sent off, I should say. A lot of a lot of action. Peru had chances. They had a few of them. Weren't able to tie it. Brazil, I think, ended up getting a third one. And they put it away. So they held it down. Brazil ended up taking the Copa América with no Neymar. And they still have a very, very fucking talented team, man. That's how deep these uh, Brazilians are. Their goalkeeper, number one, Champions League winner. Their second goalkeeper won the Premier League. (laughs) <laughs> against the team that won the champions league. So it's like stacked. Freaking stacked. Coutinho, Gabriel Jesus, Roberto Fermino, um who else? Fabinho. They had um Everton dude, that dude is like fast as hell on the on the wing. He was kind of filling in for Neymar. Oh man. Still have Danny Alves. Still have Marcelo. Crazy deep team. Casamiro. That's the guy I was thinking of. In the midfield. Crazy deep team, man. Crazy deep team. Charlison off the bench. They did a the thing. So they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I was talking to the homie Miguel, and he was. uh. We were talking about Peru and their chances and all that stuff throughout the tournament. So, they went far. I think they they went far than than I think most fans thought. But you know, to get there and not get it is very bittersweet. Very very bittersweet. As we move up on north to the Gold Cup, aka the Copa de Oro, for CONCACAF, and this tournament's set up to be U.S. versus Mexico every single time, and most of the times it ends up being the matchup and that's what we got this year as well too. So the US team had some younger guys, had some players that were a little older too, kind of mesh in. Got a new manager for this round or this uh this goal round after they failed to qualify in the last World Cup. I think it's Greg Ballhalter. I think he was in Colorado Rapids. I think he was the manager there. Somewhere in the MLS. Anywho, he uh, he had some changes throughout the, the tournament. Switching around sy- strikers and different combinations of players. Pulisic played well, though, I would say. A couple other players did their thing. Yassi Sardis had some good moments. Even Josie had that bicycle kick that was nice. Finished that one. Bradley was in there. I'm trying to think who else. Um, so, yeah, they kind of did their thing. But The team I was watching the whole time was Mexico and seeing how they would uh, rise to the occasion. They kind of wanted a little bit on their B, B squad because they didn't have a lot of top players who didn't play. Chicharito didn't play. Carlos Vela didn't play. Chucky Lozano didn't play. Tecatito didn't play. No Gio Dos Santos is a little older now. They have his younger brother Jonah and he did amazing. He scored the game winner in the final against the US and that was that was an amazing finish. Bar down. Bing. That was uh that was a cool one. So we had Jonah, Raul Jimenez up top. They had uh Rudolfo Pizarro starting off on the right wing. Sometimes he'd venture off to the left too. And they had uh, Altuna, who hadn't hadn't seen much of him play. We had good moments. He's a young kid. Um, who else? Edson Alvarez. He had some some moments. He looked lost other, moments, other games. He looked pretty solid. Um, El Principito, Andres Guardado. He still played some solid solid minutes. Didn't start every match, but didn't need to. Didn't need to uh, stretch him until later. Later out of the tournament, uh, Hector Moreno he came in too. I think they had Nestor Arujo starting at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think who else. I'm blanking on so many names. Uh, let's see. Okay. Boom. Uh 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 uh, uh 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 Yeah, Tata Martino. I yeah, think he did a good job? Oh yeah, No Miguel Layún. Has yeah, he had a, a appendectomy or something like that? That was freaking crazy. Antuna, man, he he was like the last second replacement. Oh, yeah, Carlos Salcedo, he played good, too. Diego Reyes, he didn't... He played a little bit. Not a lot. Trying to think who else played. Uh, Montes. Oh, yeah, Memo Ochoa, he he stepped up. He really stepped up, man. Freaking played amazing. Oh, yeah, Jesus Gallardo, he's... uh, Solid winger as well, too. I like him. I he's cool. He wears number 23. He's got, like, the the baggy shorts looking like uh, the MJ out there. <laughs> he's, like, the only dude with the baggy shorts. Yeah, man. He was, uh... They did the thing, man. They got the shit done. <laughs> Which, not too surprising. But it was entertaining. I enjoyed the run. There's some cool, cool moments there. Seeing up three just, like, uh, trample all the way through the U.S. to take the Gold Cup Final. Yeah, I guess that's everything about soccer. I'm just boring the shit out of everybody. You know? <laughs> Nobody listening to what the fuck I got to say. Let's go to UFC, man. Let's get some energy up in this shit. UFC 239 was last weekend. Holy shit. What... About those fights, man. There were some crazy fights that happened there, and yeah, I guess the first one, Diego Sanchez getting elected into the MMA Hall of Fame for his fight against Clay Guida, ended up uh, taking a, a loss to uh, Michael Chiesa. Chiesa was just clean. He outclassed him. His uh, striking was much, much more fluid. Did a much better job defending against Sanchez. And he deserved the win. He deserved it. Diego was kind of feeling himself. He was all over the place. And he had just left his uh, his fight camp. They had like uh, one corner man. I think he left him like 10 days before the fight. It was something crazy. And moving on. Had Luke Rockhold taking on Jan Blakowicz. Uh... And Rockhold, if you he thought he, he maybe won this fight, maybe he gets a a chance to possibly face John Jones as in that light heavyweight division. But uh, blachovic he or Blachowicz, I don't know. Jan, this dude, starched Rockhold, though. Hit him with the cross and just laid him out cold. Which you thought, well, okay, maybe that'll be a contender for finish of the night. Well... You'd be wrong. Because the highly anticipated welterweight matchup between funky Ben Ashgren and game-bred Jorge Masvidal. Oh my god. Talk about crazy. The quickest KO in UFC history. Technically comes in at 5 seconds but it should have been 2 or 3. Like legit. The ref couldn't get in there in time to freaking stop it. Mm. Ridiculous These dudes are talking the most shit Before the fight Ben Askren just being annoying as hell Like he always is And Masvidal just getting fucking Just pissed off He was motivated for this one You can fucking tell They call him street Jesus Because of his haircut and everything like that But this fool came in Had that shit nice and braided On Saturday And went in and did his motherfucking thing Oh my god soon as the fight starts, Ben comes towards him. Jorge kind of puts his hands behind his back, kind of gives him the uh, okey-doke, and then immediately sprints at Ben as soon as he comes towards him. Ben drops his head, goes low for the takedown. Immediately as that happens, Jorge jumps off of his right leg, um, puts his left in the air for st- stability, and then just comes with a massive right knee to the face. Boom! Right to Askren's head. As soon as that knee touched him, he was out. His arms were flying through the air. He was moving backwards. Head touches the mat. Arms are still up in the air. Jorge comes with a uno dos just to make sure to finish it off. And the ref finally jumps in to to stop it. Holy shit. I couldn't believe that happened in front of my eyes. That was the most amazing finish ever. Mazvidal coming through giving Askrin his first loss of his career. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That was fucking incredible. That was damn crazy. And Mazvidal deserved that shit, man. Homeboy came through. He just beat Darren Till and Askrin back to back uh matches, so. Title contention, man? I don't know. They're saying that Usman is uh, still on the men's from uh, surgeries. So we'll see who he can fight next. He was calling out Conor McGregor on the Dan Libertard show, since he's from Miami right there. Oof. Ridiculous, man. This dude's an OG. He's been in the game for so long. He was on some uh, reality show for like Telemundo or something like that last year so he wasn't really fighting as much because like they weren't giving him fights so he just said Fuck it, i'm gonna go do this shit and yeah man just away from his family all technology and everything like that i think he went pretty far too in the show pretty fucking crazy oh man and then we get to the co event amanda nunez versus holly home which is a pretty damn anticipated fight Cause at this point they're just looking for anybody to face Nunez, and Nunez was putting on her her bantamweight belt on the line. And home for a second there looked like she was kind of in the fight, but Nunez is on like a completely another planet from all these chicks, man. Cardio, like timing, defensively, she's got the reach on almost everyone. She's like, she's got all the tools. She's knocking bitches out, man. And she, she started the two-piece holly and then just clobbered her with a, 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 a head kick and then just ended the fight there. Bunch of crazy finishes, man, in this fight. There's like three of them in a row. Yeah, round one. Oof. Four minutes into round one. Ridiculous. Amanda Nunez, the GOAT woman's fighter of all time. I don't know if there's anyone who's like... Close at this point now. Cyborg from before when she's beating Broads Up. Holly Holm, I guess, because she beat Rousey. But then Misha Tate beat Holm. But then Tate could never beat Rousey. So who you put second? Ronda doing a freaking UFC, on a freaking WWE now. Not even fighting anymore. What do you do, man? What do you do? Mana Nunez, hats off to her. She's freaking incredible. As we move on to the head, uh, to the uh, the main event, I should say, John Jones versus uh, Maheta Tiago Santos, the mallet. And this was a very interesting fight um, in a couple different reasons. The crowd was booing for a long time because John Jones wasn't putting himself on the line as much. He was just kind of tagging and just staying away from, from Santos because Santos has so freaking uh, fist uh, fury, man. Freaking crazy. He's trying to knock your head off every single time. But I feel bad for Santos because he blew out his freaking knee early in the fight. And you could kind of tell he was like laboring. He was a wobbly. He had like he had one leg, it was wobbly, man. He couldn't, he couldn't put his pressure on it. Couldn't do nothing. Couldn't do nothing for a while. Standing around. Just like trying to do his best. Still throwing kicks with it. Which is fucking insane. I'm like, my God, this dude's got to be in pain. He has a crazy good poker face. I know that dude was just uh, struggling. But he was still trying to eat up John Jones' leg. John Jones still did enough to win some rounds. So I think Santos won the first round, might have won the second one, and I think John won the rest. But well, Santos landed some punches in the fifth, where you're like, "Oh shit, maybe he could have got it." Ended up being a split decision too. Uh, three rounds to two. One uh, one ref had it three-two Santos, the other two had it. Uh, one official, I don't know, judge, and then the other two had it three-two John Jones. Five round fight. But, man, you got to give Santos a lot of credit. That dude had some heart. He tore his ACL. He tore his MCL. He tore his PCL. He tore his meniscus all at the same time. And that dude still went in there and fought. That is fucking incredible, and that's commendable. And I don't think that's, like, the smartest thing to do for your career-wise, but you're there for the belt, man. You're going for it. So that dude has a heart of a champion in it, which is pretty freaking insane. I I couldn't believe it when I heard that news after the fact. I'm like, holy shit. You thought maybe he did one of them. Maybe two. Straight up blew out all four. That is, that is a brutal recovery time, too. Technology is a lot better than it used to be, so it won't be as bad. But, by golly, that is some shit. That was some shit. So, yeah, man, UFC 239, pretty fucking crazy. What's coming up next? Oh yeah, tomorrow we got uh, some fights in Sacramento. You're right, Faber. are gonna fight again. I hope he wins, man. I really do. I don't want to see him go down again. And yeah, what else do we got? Dun, 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 dun. Next week, Leon Edwards versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Okay. Greg Hardy versus Juan Adams. All right. Uh, Alexey Oleynik versus Walt Harris, Olenek. Oh, Andre Alasky versus Ben Rothwell, that was old school. James Vick versus Dean Hooker, okay. All right. Next big one is probably UFC 240, July 27th in Toronto. Holloway versus Edgar. Spencer versus Felicia Spencer versus uh, Cyborg. Nico Price versus Jeff Neal. Yeah, man. That'll probably be the next big big one. So yeah, that's uh that's your recap of the fight game. What else has been going on, man? Uh oh yeah. Did you guys see that uh home run derby the other day? That show's pretty crazy, man. That boy Vlad Jr.'s got that pop, son. Also got the that polar bear dude who won it. Who else? Oh, yeah. Um, the fucking Braves, dude. The the, the um, Dominican homie. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, man, that was cool. Jack Peterson, he he did cool, too. That was kind of entertaining. Didn't even watch the All-Star Game, but whatever. Fuck it. What was crazy, though, another... Uh... <laughs> Another uh, uh, another storyline, I guess, going on in baseball. That's what I wanted to say. How about the New York Mets just straight blowing up, man? Freaking going ballistic. Players and managers were cursing out this reporter the other day, a couple weeks ago. There was a report I saw. GM was throwing chairs at some of the coaches. Everyone was just getting pissed off, yelling at each other. The freaking media and everything just goes crazy over there in New York. They just drive everyone nuts, man. And the team ain't really fucking good. I think it goes like Vargas, Fernando Vargas, the pitcher, and ah, uh, their manager. were getting into it, some shit. Oh no, they're yelling at a fucking reporter. Damn. Yeah. So go check that shit out. That shit was fucking ridiculous. Uh, another story that I thought was pretty crazy. Wendell, Wimbledon find this dude, uh, Tomich, uh, because he had a match that was under an hour. It was the quickest in 15 years, and they didn't think he was giving an effort. So they literally find him his whole, like, paycheck. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's like, you fucking give up. You didn't put a good effort in. You don't get your money. Just kind of out there. Um, uh, let me see. But yeah, Wimbledon is still going on. Uh, If I can know how to spell Wimbledon. What was that one chick? Uh, Upset. Um. Oh, Joker's getting to the final. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, the chick that is getting all the attention, though, is uh, this 15-year-old Corey Goff. Who uh, upset uh, Venus Williams? I think in the first round. Freaking crazy. So that was a pretty crazy one. I think Fatter too. But yeah, it's just like uh, it's Corey Goffchick chick has been uh, called Coco. She's uh she, she was the story of the tournament. Only 15 years old. Pretty ridiculous. A young one. A little prodigy on the woman's side. Former world number one junior. She won the Junior Grand Slam singles title and another in doubles. Damn, son. She's younger than my brother. So yeah, don't really pay attention to tennis. But this chick was just getting all the pub, all the press this last uh, last week or so. She just got knocked out a few days back. So congrats to her, I know she got a big uh, big future ahead of her, and we'll see who gets the, the job done uh, in the next few days, as they wrap up that tournament, I think, this weekend. Alright, cool, let's get into some music shit. We're like almost an hour and a half into this, I'm trying to go through this as fast as I possibly can. Story of last week as well, Lil Nas X came out publicly as uh, as gay, came out of the closet, and he uh, said he thought he made it evident, obvious <laughs> to people. Uh, but yeah, for what it's worth, he got some a lot of love, but he got a lot of hate from certain people, etc., etc. Old Town Road still killing it everywhere. So I know certain people feel kind of some type of way about it, one way or the other. But man, the dude's winning. You gotta let him, let him soak it in while he can. Let him live it up. And good for him that he's uh you know confident enough in himself and 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 to make that decision because it's comes with a lot of de- uh, baggage man it's not an easy it's not an easy decision to make at all at all at yeah, fucking all so yeah man shout out to little Nas X still haven't had a chance to listen to his other his album that came out too He has some other songs that apparently you aren't bad so. I have to peep those. Also, I want to give a uh, mention to the homie ASAP Rocky who got arrested in Sweden with a couple of his associates, a part of uh, uh, the ASAP mob. Sad situation. The videos went viral of these two kids. They looked like kind of whacked out. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. But they were bugging. They were just like. Tripping out off of ASAP Rocky's crew, it kept following him, kept following him, messed with them. Apparently, they were like groping some chicks. I think I saw that video where they were like, you just you kind of see the chicks or whatever, and it's like, what the fuck's going on? The bodyguard keeps like repeatedly over. I see. I saw probably like ten minutes of a video. Probably over like twenty, thirty minutes of real time. They was just repeatedly telling them to leave them alone, go the other way, go the other way. And those kids would turn around. And then come back and and harass them and, and mess with them. They kept doing it. They kept doing it. They were fucking around. And the bodyguard eventually told them like, "Yo, you gotta chill." And these fools just kept bugging them. And so they uh, they retaliated when they were getting uh, the dudes were getting confrontational and shit like that. Like, no, I'm gonna do like I I want to say some shit. It's like, dude, you haven't been saying shit the whole time. And and then they get into a tussle. They get into an argument. And then they get. Uh, straight up just like molly whopped, man. They freaking were asking for a beating, man. The actions that they were doing, they were asking for a beating. It was crazy. It's like, you gotta know the ramifications of your actions. You do A, it's gonna equal B. A plus B equals C. You fuck with people the wrong way for no reason and are annoying and are, you know, nonsensical there are going to be some repercussions, man. And that's... It's... It's, uh... Yeah, man. Those fools are, are fucking around. But the legal system in Europe is fucked up. So, they, uh, they ended up hearing about this. Because apparently the videos were posted online. Rocky performs a show at a festival. And they just say they want to talk to them afterwards. And then they basically incarcerate them. So, they're going to... hold, They're going to... They're probably going to hold on to them for a minute, which is fucking stupid. They'll probably end up being okay. Because they don't really have anything to 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 prosecute them with. Or, like, the charges are not are going to be so minuscule, it's not going to really matter. Uh, Yeah, they just... The police apparently like to flex their muscle. And I was just, like, hearing some other shit. Apparently, like, the people out there in Sweden are very prejudiced against like so many of the hip hop acts that have been coming out because apparently every major festival in Sweden has been hit highlined by a hip hop act this year and so I think this is like part of the you know flexing them throwing the book at them is like them showing their muscles of like hey you you don't want to we don't want you here so it is what it is pretty sad shitty situation so we wish him the best. And I know he was brought up in, like, Freddie Gibbs, like, some of his interviews and stuff, and, like, what was going on. And Freddie's situation is completely different because he was, at least ASAP and them, were they did something to, um, you know, present the situation to get to them. It was false allegations for Freddie Gibbs, and it was like, somebody's word versus their, their word. The other thing, too, is about the two guys that uh, pressed the charges against ASAP is, like, they apparently left Sweden and are, like, no longer there, and it's, like, they don't know where the hell they are. No one was questioned. And it was... Everything from what I've heard is, like, kind of shisty for the way, like, the Swedish police have, like, operated out there. So... It sucks, man. We'll see what, uh, what happens. So we wish speedy release and all that. Because it's been about, like, a week now. Yeah, the situation, I think, uh the media will be covering it and keeping tabs because it's, uh, it's pretty out there, man. It's pretty fucking out there. Oh, man. Crazy craziness. Let's see here. I got a lot of... Uh, a lot of new stories. We'll kind of just kind of hit them rapid fire. I read this article. This Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen of Peoria, Illinois. Um, they declared that he performed a miracle on, uh, on a boy, he was, like, a televangelist in America, and he, what the hell was it, copy, all right, yeah, Pope, uh, oh, the fuck, hold on, mm yeah they're trying to beautify him yeah Pope Francis so he's one step closer to sh to sainthood let's see Mm-mm-mm. He died in 79. Let's see. Uh, nah, 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 nah. There was a case of a stillborn Illinois baby in 2010. The child, James Fulton Ingstrom, had no heartbeat for more than an hour after birth, but revived on his own when family members prayed for Sheen's intercession. A panel of doctors found the church would require documentation of a second miracle before Sheen can be canonized as a saint. So yeah, I guess we have like current saints. That was like a saint from the dead. He performed a miracle when he wasn't alive, but he was—he was dead. That's kind of out there, dude. But uh I'm all for miracles. So, yeah, man. If he has another one on the book, good for him. So we'll see. We'll see if they find an, unearth another one. All right. Moving on. I know the 2020 uh, Democrats had a debate recently. They had like a two days worth of debates because there's so many goddamn candidates this year. I know a lot of people were were shitting on uh, the use of Spanish. I think Coy Booker, Beto O'Rourke, and a couple others were uh, um, answered some questions in Spanish. Uh, Biden versus Kamala Harris. I think Biden had, like, a quote. He says, well, I think my time's up here, and, like, people were taking, like, me, like, oh, it means you're bone out. You don't know what you're saying, dude. And it's, like, yeah, people go crazy over this shit. This out there. I didn't really watch them, so I don't really have much to say on that, besides, they happen. Yeah, people be talking about it. Alright, some other Democratic lawmakers also visited, visited some migration, uh, migrant detention centers, uh, last week. And they reported on a lot of the atrocities that was going on. people sleeping on floors crammed fifteen to a cell ridiculous people have their uh no uh no access to clean water and just showers and stuff like that. People have their hair falling out, horrible conditions separated from their families. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. We gotta do better. It's a lot of screams and crying and moaning, and it's like, it's insane. People don't have access to, uh, um, like products to help their menstrual cycle and stuff like that. It's like inhumane conditions, man. It's freaking ridiculous. Pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, kids given slop to eat. Mm mm mm. Yeah, and there was some controversy. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez basically called them concentration camps, and everybody who was like a scholar of like the Holocaust was like, "Yep, yeah, this is kind of like a concentration camp." And people who recognized some of the uh, the same characteristics of what happens with the Japanese internment camps were like, "Yep." This is uh, exactly that. So that's what we got going down right now. So it's, it's important not to forget that we got to do our best to change the current situation. The easiest way is to change the administration, change the policies. But there's other other math, uh, methods. Got to make sure that this is a, a, a huge topic and it's still on everyone's radar when we get kind of close to the election, and I think that'll be one of the deciding factors as to how the team uh, uh, or which candidate kind of will come out of the pack. So it'll be very interesting. I guess, speaking of this current administration, there's new uh, sexual assault allegations against Trump that uh, apparently happened a while back when he was running his uh, his pageant shows. Miss Miss Universe pageant shows He just brushed it off And said like I would never have An allegation with her She's just not my type And then people were like "Yep, you're right I believe you (laughs) It's pretty kind of Out there He's so dirty That people just like Brush it under the rug And just keep it moving Which is kind of Kind of insane man Like there's no Common moral ground Amongst anyone nowadays It's a matter of where your affiliations lie. And it's just its so stupid. And it's so dumb. It's so dumb man. Like there's got to be some kind of moral common ground. That we can kind of come to man. There's got to be. So even if it wasn't accurate. You still got to like. Take it for what it is. And, and investigate into that shit. Because it's I don't know. People don't give a fuck. Speaking of which, uh, we'll talk about Jeff Epstein this has uh, sex trafficking ad- allegations, uh, pedophile island, connections to Trump and Bill Clinton. This was a very shisty ordeal. I don't know if you guys happen to pay attention to this shit, but man, this makes you feel ugh, all kinds of icky, man. Hmm. Six hours ago, Trump Labor Secretary Alex Acosta resigns amid pressure from Jets Epstein sex traffic case. Oh my goodness. Jesus. There's an accuser who came forward two days ago saying that he raped her when he she, he, she was fifteen. Jennifer Auros. Aroas? Hmm. Damn. Damn, 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 damn. Yeah, U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh, my goodness. Let me read up on this and I'll get back to you just to give you a a, a refresher. Because there's a lot of shit. Oh, boy, this is uh, dirty. Oh, Nelly. Nelly. Wow, okay, so I just read a freaking synopsis of it, and this was way the fuck longer than I thought it was, because this shit is deep. All right, so this dude, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, financial manager from the 80s, made a shit ton of money, and was just a slum uh, lord pretty much ever since then. So he operated his business out of the U.S. Virgin Islands for tax reasons, so he actually owned his own little private island uh, next to it. Um what is it? What is it? Uh, nah, 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 nah. He had a collection of many uh wealthy ce- uh, friends and celebrities that he like brushed shoulders with. He was a big financier and yeah, he was alleged to have um, coerced and created a, a basically a pyramid scheme of women to like uh of young girls to come over to his properties. And for him to have like sexual exploitations with him, which uh, it's not very good. So I think the the so he actually had a um, a case that was that uh, went on in 2007 where he uh, was um, you know caught up with all these different acts for the different accusers with uh, you know molestation, sex with a minor, things of that nature. Now I think the new allegations that are coming about are having to deal with a, him creating like a sexual trafficking scheme, because what he would do is he'd molest some of these young girls, they would be paid out for, you know, hanging out with him, but he would also give them a proposition and say, hey, if you ever want any more money, find more girls that you can bring to my properties, and then I'll pay you out. So basically, he created himself a little pyramid scheme, a little Ponzi scheme, where um, he was getting all these recruiters to go get his future, um, future victims pretty much to come and hang with them. So they would give him massages, he would masturbate, and then eventually he would end up screwing with them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So that, that little island that he owns, I think it's like called like St. Thomas or something like that. Um, yeah. What the heck? What can I? Uh, uh, uh. Pedophile Island that's is what it was called. Yeah, they fucking call it Pedophile Island. Pedalfile Yeah. Let's see He has not one but two islands in the Caribbean. About a mile southeast of St. Thomas and the East Virgin Islands lies the seventy five acre Little St. James. Which he bought for seven point nine five million in ninety eight he had great St James Island uh, for eighteen million in 2016 so I think the first one people are saying they're sex slaves for for him damn supposed to have sex relations with Prince Andrew when he was a minor Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so he ran his offshore businesses from that island, which is crazy. <sighs> it's crazy. It's got a stone mansion, cream-colored walls. <sighs> Japanese bathhouse and Ziegfeld movie theater. Jesus. And a staff of 70... Mm. Damn, son. Damn, apparently there were some occult rituals that might have happened. There's a temple painted blue and white stripes, topped with a golden dome. It's the front is flanked by statues painted in gold. One of them appears to be the trident-wielding Poseidon. Great God of the sea while the other the two others look like birds perched on the corners of the roof. It is surrounded by a line of palm trees and terraced with labyrinth motif. Wow. Okay, okay. Huh. May have been designed as a music studio with walls. Da da da. What the fuck is going on? Island of Sin, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, this is this is very shisty. This is ridiculous shit. Pedophile island. So yeah, so he had some large connections with a lot of famous people back in the day. One of those people being former President Bill Clinton himself, who had his own sexual pro, uh, proclivities uh, in the public eye. There's logs and reports of him flying on Epstein's private plane to that island in uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. So, was he being a horned dog back then? We don't know. We don't know. But we know what did happen on that island. We don't know if it happened with him and whatnot. There was also current president Donald Trump who was uh, associated with him. He had some quotes on here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It's kinda weird. Uh, um described his famous friends as a collection of sorts, saying I invest in people, be in politics or science, what I do. Uh, he wants spent twenty million per year for subsidized group of scientists and their research on topics ranging from Tibetan monks to altruistic behavior. Uh, He was good friends with Trump, who described S-Team to New York Magazine in 2002 as someone who enjoys the social life. Mm. Mm -mm 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 Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Much of his social life involved very young women. Here's his Trump quote. I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. If Donald Trump's saying he... (sighs) likes younger women than he does, and it's like, ew, not the best, not the best. Oof, 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 oof. This uh, Vanity Fair columnist Michael Wolfe actually described flying on his plane. says Epstein was followed into the plane by, quote, how should I say this, by three teenage girls who are not his daughters, who were, quote, 181920 20, who knows, and model-like. He has never been secretive about the girls, Wolf said. At one point, when his troubles began, he was talking to me and said, what can I say? I like young girls. I said, maybe you should say, I like young women. <sighs> Ooh, that's not good. <sighs> yeah, so there's been a lot of allegations and reports that, pe- that people have been abused by him in Florida, because he has a property there. Um, also, in... Um, his Manhattan property. I think he has the largest mansion in Manhattan. So, that's pretty insane. And, as well as the U.S. Virgin Islands. So, yeah. He's got dirt everywhere he's been. I think another thing that was pretty crazy, too, is that he was saying that he would go, he would try to be showing himself as a philanthropist in the past. Uh, he has one, let's see... Let me see here. Clinton and Trump. Mm -mm -mm -mm. He gained some measure of fame in the early 2000s for flying President Bill Clinton, actor Kevin Spacey, and comedian Chris Tucker to Africa to towards AIDS prevention and treatment project sites. Oh, man. Yep, Clinton went with them multiple times in 2002 and 2003. Yeah, pretty crazy. So, yeah. Clinton got dirt. Spacey's got dirt. Chris Tucker, I think, had his own sexual abuse problems. I think he's got dirt. Not, I don't know if it's the same kind of dirt, but damn, that's uh, that's pretty fucking crazy, dog. I wonder if anybody asked Chris Tucker about that shit. Like, yo, man, this shit is crazy. So yeah, this dude got off in 2007. He created an agreement with uh, um, Alexander Acosta. Because he got 13 months in jail. Freaking sweetheart of a deal. Sweetheart of a deal in 2007. And so... Um, he was a U.S. attorney for Miami at the time. Now he's currently the the Trump's Secretary of Labor. Or I should say was Secretary of Labor. Because he resigned six hours ago amid this whole scandal. And... This shit is pretty freaking crazy, man. So it's just... Damn. Hmm. Wow. Had a bunch of photos of lewd photos of the girls. Freaking crazy. This dude is a, a scumbag, pretty much, and his his power and influence has been able to get him off. He also was able to get a deal like immunity for everybody who was possibly involved in the allegations that were brought against him, so that he protected not only himself but his friends. He had like a, a top-notch team of lawyers that were able to get him off. He made he paid a fine and he had an agreement outside of uh, court before people were able to testify. So none of the girls were able to come forward. I think thirty of the girls even weren't even made aware of the the uh, resolution to the case, which meant that they were then. Uh, not able to you know cause a fuss about it at the time, so I know that it was uh brought back into court to they challenge that uh the ruling because of that saying that they weren't properly notified and they still withheld the the uh um they went ahead and upheld that uh that ruling it was fucking ridiculous man fucking ridiculous oh mm 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 what a scumbag what a fucking sunbag oh jeez. so yeah so there's a chance that he might now finally get some like legit deal time very weird very weird so yeah so apparently there's they're saying that uh, now there's a chance that the allegations of like some of the other people who are involved Might also uh, come to light. Because this is... uh, This is fucking crazy. Ridiculous, man. Jeffrey Epstein. I hope he gets put under the jail. Fucking ridiculous. Mm. Hmm. told you how crazy freaking power can get. Alright, we'll go through a couple more things. Uh, Fourth of July happened... Fourth of July in the hood is freaking crazy, man. Fireworks be popping off for, like, weeks before, and then afterwards, too. Freaking Mexico won the Gold Cup. More fireworks be popping off after that, too. It's crazy. But there was talk about a military parade coming through. Trump had a bunch of tanks and a bunch of military shit roll through. A lot of people got excited. They're like, oh, man, there's going to be a military parade. And then other people were like, what the fuck we doing? We don't need to have a military parade. That's some, like, communist-level shit that people try to show show off. And Trump was like, I don't give a fuck, I'm still going to bring it. And some of the his supporters, freaking idiots, were like, oh, I want to go, I'm going to go D.C., I'm going to go check out this parade, I'm gonna check out all the shit, it's going to be cool. And so they went and come to find out that the the military equipment, all that that stuff was actually just shown for a private event. So <laughs> it wasn't an actual military parade, but also fucking Trump lying to like his constituents or like... Not being truthful to his peoples that voted him in the goddamn office, man. Like, what the fuck? Oh, man. Crazy, 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 crazy. Alright, one more thing. Let's see, what do we have? Alright, the reparations hearing that happened in front of Congress. I saw, um, uh, what's his name? It was uh, Tanahasi Kotsu, who was there. Uh, a lot of other, um, uh, members as well. Let's see Cory Booker uh, Danny Glover Economist Julianne Malveaux Uh, Let's see I think there were some other people who might have spoken as well But they got to speak in front of Congress It's just a proposal to actually just study it And take a look into it Not necessarily to actually give reparations People were still giving a fucking hissy fit Um, But yeah I understand man It's freaking crazy Yeah, freaking the. there's a lot that goes into it, because I do, in the heart of hearts, do actually believe that, you know, people do deserve some payback in terms of what they are. They, they deserve something for having gone through some horrific experiences, and if you want to move forward and try to come about to, you know, making those fully whole, you got to make some amendments, and there has been some... Like partial, different types of reparations that have been given in the past, specifically to Japanese and inter- uh, people Japanese Americans who were interned. There have been some given to Native American populations after all of the decimation of their lands and the, the taking of their lands by uh, primarily, I guess, like the the white people in America, like traditionally, traditional history. So. They've been given certain... Uh... Leeways. We all know the casinos and things of that nature, so... There's other, other things as well. But, uh... Yeah. This stuff happened a long time ago, but... There's there's trickle-down effects. A lot of these same people have been put into the horrible situations that have not allowed them to, to flourish and... Hasn't been given... Uh, give them an equal, equal playing, equal opportunity across the board, and when you got problems, they only compound into other problems. And the the the, the mechanisms for how these uh, issues affect these communities, the black community, low income community, people of color, they they've shifted over the decades. It's been different populations to a certain extent, but then there's also just been different different scenarios, different different avenues for people to get uh, caught up and not be a fully functioning member of society. I mean slavery number 1, post slavery you got the Jim Crow era. After Jim Crow you've got you know, I mean Jim Crow's for a while that whole era. Then there's supposed to be uh you know, the civil rights era but even through the civil rights era there was issues like redlining, housing discrimination. You know, the GI Bill definitely had a big uh created a big gap in the in the concentration of wealth between the the white Americans and the black Americans who went and fought for World War Two, so that created a a disparity there. And then you want to move forward into the 70s or even in, into like the civil rights movement. So there's the takedown of the civil rights movement, the response from like the government and other people of power. FBI, CIA all conspiring against that, conspiring against the hippie movement as well. And then pretty much what was admitted, you've got the the whole war on drugs in the 70s from Tricky Dick Nixon. It was used as a mechanism to basically stamp out that, uh, the opposition forces... You got the FBI, CIA infiltrating the Black Panther Party. Brown Beret movements fall apart internally. There's other issues too. A lot of different small social movements they get uh, they kind of get pushed to the side, and then that's uh, yeah, man, that's kind of the deal. So then you get the war on drugs that keeps moving forward, and that it shifts from heroin to cocaine, heroin or marijuana to cocaine cocaine to crack crack epidemic happens you have the AIDS epidemic as well the 80s I mean that all stuff just like coerces together you have mandatory minimum sentencing you got the uh, three strikes laws so we have the crime uh, crime of punishment bills of the 90s you know war on drugs continues. And yeah, man, it's just like, it kind of, the problems kind of shift and morph, man. And the ability to recognize those forces and to kind of get out of that shit is just, it's it's extremely difficult, man. Because one, you got to be aware, and one, you got to be knowledgeable of, like, what's going on around you. But also, like, the big picture of society, and that shit is difficult as fuck. So, I am totally for the study of this, uh, this action because there's got to be something. It might not be 40 acres and a mule or whatever it is, but I mean, shit, we got to do better, man. We got to do better to, to acknowledge the sins of the past and just say, hey, we're moving forward. Because until that happens, there's always going to be that that sentiment and that resentment there. And even post that, there still probably will be in a lot of different places. Because it's a, uh, or generations removed, and it's still it's still fresh. That's how impactful this. A lot of it was. As we move forward. Let's talk about civil unrest nowadays. Because there's shit that's going on now. Um, oh yeah. I mean. We can talk about a lot of things. So like it's the war on drugs. You can go into the 2000s. And you have the financial collapses. And, and uh, manipulation of the, the market. To benefit the wealthy. And that's kind of continued now. Into today. Where. Yeah man. We just kind of. As a the people, you just kind of feel less and less in, uh, as like a, a free individual citizen and you're just, you're kind of just within the whims of whatever's going on around you, man. But yeah, check out these protests in Portland, freaking crazy, Antifa and some, I guess Nazis, I don't even know what the account is anymore, I know there was incidents there, Milkshakes were getting thrown. Some of these milkshakes con- contain cement in them. Which is horrific. Ridiculous. So. I do know in Portland. It's a very weird place. Because Portland itself is, is a. From what I hear is a very liberal town. But it's also a very white liberal town. Because there's not a lot of diversity there. And that some of that lack of diversity. Is done to like. Was legislated kind of in the past past generation, so there's there's been like kind of like an anti um, people of color movement in the past I don't know what the fuck, anti-black I guess but just not a lot of different type of people there in Portland but they tend to be very liberal, which is a very a very weird conundrum not too far away they're very Prominent pockets of, um, um, like hotbeds for KKK membership. I know that there was a in Idaho, there was a uh, a compound that was held there, and there's still a lot of remnants, a lot of people who still believes in those beliefs. And so, apparently, from what I read initially, is that there were clashes between these two people protesting, these two groups. You get a lot of the, I guess, you know, Nazi folks who are dressed in like combat gear, like riot combat gear and stuff, and they're just like ready to go to war. And these, Santifa, like, you know, hooded up, folk, also are ready to to battle. So it's that shit was crazy, man. Things are getting out of hand. I know that that Andy No guy went on. Rogan show. He's like a conservative journalist, and he got hit in the face with something apparently. So I don't, I don't know. I haven't taken too much of a, a look into this situation, but it's just, uh, it's alarming for sure, man. It's alarming that these these things can happen. But yeah, there's uh, in the Northwest. It is typically the cities are typically viewed as being pretty liberal minded, but there's a lot of pockets, a lot of rural areas in in Washington, Oregon, even California, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, the Dakotas—like that whole area, that whole general area. There's so many rural areas, and there's so many like pockets of like some of that hate being spread out there. I mean, there's little people in rural areas too, but you know, from what we've seen historically, those just gotta know what you're dealing with, right? Speaking of knowing what you're dealing with, man. Did you guys see that video of the parents brawling over at Disneyland, man? Fucking crazy, man. He's like... it's crazy, uh... Like, family just starts, like... Throwing down with each other. You know, some bystanders run in, try to, like, pull them apart. They end up getting taken out. I don't know where the hell the Disney staff was. This fool, like, started... It was, like, a full five-minute, like, confrontation before somebody started, was, like, legit jumped in and, like, started grabbing people. Some of the people in the crowd had to like jump in and try to tackle the the, the main uh, the main dude who was popping off landing blows on people this fool was landing blows on this chick too I don't know if it was his baby mama but she was she was bugging out too telling him to stop and then she was like man shut the fuck up and started like smacking the shit out of her too I was like what the fuck I don't know how they're related or what the big like uh, tougher dude or whatever that was just smacking people man he was just not having it he was just, like pushing people off of him. Yeah, it took like three people to like try to try to hold him, hold him back, man. That shit was insane. I don't know if people know this, man. Disneyland's got their own jail cells uh, below the the park, man. They they don't fuck around. That's why I was kind of surprised that it took so long for them to like kind of, you know, break that shit up. It was crazy, man. I've seen people like have gotten like cuffed because they have a a freaking vape pen that they snuck into the the park. 'Cause they are just like sticklers on top of everything, man. It's kinda crazy. Oh man. Crazy stories, man. Another story right here, too. There's this one where there's this uh this black kid who was like on dialysis or he had like an I V bag and he was like in the hospital and he had just had surgery and they had told him that like he needed to like get some exercise so he's gonna walk go outside, walk around the hospital, uh, with the I V bag attached to him. So he's out there walking around And a goddamn cop comes out and arrests this fool. Apparently, the cop said that he thought the kid was out there stealing the IV bag from the hospital. In a hospital gown. Are you fucking kidding me? It's happening, like, somewhere in rural Illinois. I think the kid had, like, pneumonia or he got sick, like, visiting someone. Because he's not from the area. And this fucking asshole, piece of shit, prejudiced ass cop decides to, like... Stop him, cuff him, and take him in. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's fucking ridiculous, man. This Shit is, it's just, it just keeps going. There's just like more and more evidence of just like, it's like prejudice-ass shit that just keeps happening over and over again. It's fucking annoying. Ah, <sighs> damn. Damn, 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 damn. We got a lot of problems in this, in this, uh, in this country, in this world. So we just got to address them, acknowledge them. I mean, number one, that fool probably got suspended. He's probably still getting paid. There got to be some like repercussions for people to for fucking up on the job, man. If I fuck up on my job, I get I'm done. I'm out of there. It's like most people, but somehow there's some there's some people who just routinely fuck up on their job and don't get any reprimand reprimandation. Unfortunately, from what we've seen, it seems there's a lot of police forces that uh, that tend to kind of go along that route, man. And that's a shame, man. That's a shame. Mm-mm-mm. She ain't protecting nobody, terrorizing people to a certain degree. It's really sad, man. Sure, that kid is probably traumatized now don't know what the fuck going on anyway moving on speaking of the the war on drugs we were talking about earlier just saw uh, a new article saying that coke production's at an all-time high yeah even after that crazy bust in philly that we were talking about last uh last episode man they say uh productions higher than ever And that opioids are actually on the decline. I think people are starting to realize the the effects of opioids. And that shit is like basically heroin in a pill form. It is medicinalized heroin to a large degree, a large, large degree. And so I think finally people are starting to have that realization here. People aren't getting dumped with it like they used to be. So that's a good thing that's a really good thing but uh yeah man it just goes to show you every time they try to stamp the shit out it just keeps growing people will go through the craziest craziest methods to get it into like the big markets I hear Australia's is popping with it I hear Europe through Africa is popping with it even parts of Asia too we know the number one market's up here in the good old US of A. And people will get it through while they get it through, man. A lot of it through legal ports of entry that you have no idea. Through tanks, like tanker trucks, through ships, on boats, through cargo. Hell, even human smugglers there's been tunnels underground there have been catapults there have been ramps for cars to jump over fences there has been everything man there's been submarines even they found narcos moving drugs on submarines dog i just saw a video of it yesterday man shout out to ed's manifesto dog that dude puts all that shit up craziness Fucking craziness, man. So, yeah, Coke's at an all time high, man. What is this world and drugs has brought us? What is it? What has it brought us, man? What have we done? You see the sirens, you know, outside my building, man. This is a trickle down. It affects everything. What have we done, man? What's the point? What's the fucking point? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, man, it's kind of crazy that America's had that kind of stranglehold on like the drug, the drug markets for it's like so many different eras, and what we've done—control the poppies in in uh, Vietnam, the heroin '70s, a lot of Latin American interventions in the '80s. I Me mean, seen Narcos, you saw what happened to a certain degree, to one extent. I mean. Why are we in Afghanistan holding their poppy fields? You know? And then the opioid epidemic happens shortly after that. It's like, is that a coincidence or is there some connection there? So, food for thought, I guess. I always wondered, man, are they like holding on to this stuff because it's like the. The money benefits and all that or is this uh, I don't know. Part of me thinks like if the the war on drugs didn't exist in the in the capacity that it does now, would these places of the world be like more wealthy than they are? Would it be considered with the products that they're providing be considered like a national export like how gas is in the Middle East? Is that why the U.S. takes control of some of these these uh, these markets and kind of bans these things? Is because they, they, they want a, fo- a formidable op- uh, foe or opposition? I don't know. I guess it's food for thought, man. That's some food for thought. Because it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. You can kind of, I don't know, for me, from what I've seen, what I've studied, the people I know, people I've met, the people I've talked to, documentaries i've watched the books that i've read i feel like i have a good idea of, like the structure as a whole but it's just the little things it's just like a lot of what ifs and like why is things the why are things the way they currently are and it's not necessarily for the best reasons the best outcomes there but yeah man um Let me take a a second, and then we'll wrap things up. All right, I just got the update that uh, Rich Incognito just got a two-game suspension for off-the-field conduct. I think he was throwing that weight around at the gym or whatever the fuck. Ah, Jesus. (laughs) Freaking crazy. Anyway, that's the Raiders for you. That's the Raiders. I'm not sure what else to say. Uh, Follow me on IG, man. I'm posting more of my comedy stuff up there, at Puro Caballero P U R O C A B A L L E R O for you gringos. All right, that's Puro Caballero on Twitter as well. Uh, retweet a lot of funny shit about the NBA offseason and whatever's going on. Shout out to Taco Fall, seven foot seven, dude out of uh, Central Florida. He's uh, tearing up summer league right now in the NBA. And yeah, man. I'm Trying to think who else I should give a shout out. Shout out to homegirl Vicky. She got in uh, the show um, magazine or uh, newspaper in San Diego. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Ah, man. Yeah. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to yourselves. Keep it fucking moving. Life will throw you a lot of curveballs. You just gotta be. You just gotta sit on it and and uh, foul the pitch off until you get the fastball, man. Or learn how to hit it. I don't know. Adjust one way or the other. That's what I'm trying to figure out how to do. So, yeah, man. It is already 2 o'clock here on this beautiful Friday. I didn't even say it's Today's the Ju- July the 12th, just to let you know. It's uh, It's been a minute since the last one, but we on here. So, yeah, that has been episode number 56 of the Puro Caballero Show. Like I said, follow along on the socials. Instagram, Twitter, at Puro Caballero. And everything else is still up in the in the works. Uh, Instagram is uh, at the Puro Caballero Show as well. That needs to be updated. I'm just the biggest procrastinator. And I'm going to get that fixed at some point in the near future. But in any event, as I am trying to cue up this uh, wonderful music. Alright, on the way out, we will lace you... With a little bit of Burner And Currency Off that new Fino Grigio Mixtape album Whatever it is Collection of music That just came out That one's also really good I recommend Peeping that shit Very very groovy You can feel it Feel the vibe on that one That record is very fucking dope Gangster shit's a good song But we're gonna hit you With different tier On this way out Alright man Y'all stay safe Be cool. And just remember, life gets better. All right? We'll talk to you next time. Yeet! To Peru, just to let my crew taste it I'm cool off that bag, man, that shit too basic It's sad, a lot of friends probably got two faces I made a hundred bands, went and bought a new bracelet I went from turkey bags to little blue cases I missed the BM mm, They're still sliding in my DMs yeah, the renovations cost three M's Yeah, invest in the property. Bad bitch on top of me. Friends want a lot for me. That's why I'm never here. Yeah, I'm blind to the bullshit, but the vision's so clear. And these stones so clean, it's like I'm looking in the mirror. If they really got bags, tell them bring them over here. Almost 20 years in, make a hundred million year. When it comes to the game, yeah, I'm on a different tier. It's the Them renovations cost my homeboy three M's They ain't shit to him. We really businessmen, opening friends. Brands you could believe in Cookies and Android OG. It's like I'm dreaming. But this is real, real as my gold wheels. Royce runs umbrellas for Mother Nature's Tears. Tears of joy. She's so proud of your boy. Though I catch stunts, I still lift my people up. Smoking, killing a laugh full of dangerous niggas. It really got love for me, really don't want you nowhere near me, streets took another legend, I done learned a lesson, though so I smile, cause every day a bug a blessing, every day a bug grinds another chance to get it, run another check up. do it better, full length leather, stepping like I'm in the 70s, big money ahead of me, grind steadily, east side.